Welcome back to A Better Love. I'm your host, Dr. Greg. And today we're gonna to be talking about sexual fantasy and how we can leverage it to enhance the erotic connection, whether or not we've been dating somebody or in a marriage for 20 years. My special guest today, really excited to have Stephanie Smith on, the host of the podcast, Dirty Blondes, where she has authentic conversations about all things sex, dating, relationships. Definitely go check out her show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Steph, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of the show. <laughs> cheers, cheers. So before we get into the, the relational aspects of fantasy, I want to start with this idea that we each have an individual relationship with our imagination and its connection to sexual desire. So Stephanie, if I can just explain real, real quick and set this up. So in my view, if you're dating someone who's so sexually attractive, that between your dates, uh, you're imagining that person, you're visualizing, kissing them, touching them, having sex with them. Maybe you're even masturbating to these images. Uh, and again, this could be somebody you're married to for 20 years. Then this is gonna have a direct impact on your level of desire and arousal when you see that person at the end of the day uh, or, or actually engage in some kind of sexual intimacy. What are your thoughts about this idea of our own relationship to our imagination and its connection to arousal? I think it's important. I think a lot of people, especially when they're in longer term relationships, it, the kind of that desire goes away. I feel like people kind of just, they don't build up that fantasy anymore. So it's, I think that's important, especially if you're in a monogamous relationship, whether you're just dating or you're married or you're engaged or whatever. I, I feel like that's so important because I hear from so many people that I know, um, just people that I've worked with in the past or friends or whoever that it's just, they get so stuck in their ways with just like life and they just go through the motions and they just, you know, they have a small period of time for sex because, you know, life gets in the way. You have kids, dogs, cats, whatever. <laughs> so I think that the, um, I think that desire, I think you need to kind of, you know, keep building that. And I think, you know, I think that's really important. So I think with the fantasy aspect, I think it's a really good way to kind of liven up your sex life because that's a very easy thing that you have control of and it doesn't take a lot of time. Um, you know, whereas getting into like maybe BDSM, that's, you know, that takes a little bit more time, a little bit more learning, whereas fantasy, that's easy to jump into because it's just playing a role. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it's interesting because I think this idea of our imagination, oftentimes we don't, we don't connect it with the physical act of touch and sex mm -hmm. and intimacy. Like we, uh, particularly for heterosexual men, uh, I, I found in my work, it's not really a part of their existence. And so I know I'm always encouraging guys to be you know, more playful in terms of their imagination and to bring mm -hmm. that excitement that they can generate in their own mind to the bedroom or wherever they're having sex or being intimate with their partner. So keeping it alive is definitely a thing. And time, by the way, um, if you don't have a ton of time for foreplay, Getting into your own imagination for a little bit can be uh, equally maybe stimulating to, again, if you don't have the time to do the foreplay, although everybody should do foreplay if, if they can get into it. I agree. Yeah. Foreplay. Yeah. I've said this on my podcast. I, like, I think that's half the fun of having sex. It's like the build up to it. So it's like when you skip over that, you know, that's, you know, that's 
it's missing and it, it does make the experience less enjoyable. I mean, not that you can't have an orgasm and, you know, get to the end game and the end goal, but foreplay is, is so fun, but a lot of people skip over it because they're limited on time or they don't want to spend the time, especially if it's a newer partner or something like that. Um, I talked to my last episode with um, a dating coach and an intimacy coach, and we were laughing about the fact that people skip over the foreplay part because sometimes it's too emotionally intimate for mm. people. So a lot of people, especially if it's kind of like a more casual sex kind of thing, they skip over that. And I'm like, no, you can't like, that's the best part. <laughs> I love so. it. Yeah. We're fans of foreplay at a better love project for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone should be. <laughs> so let's dive into this, this other part, which is the relational aspect of fantasy. You mentioned uh, role-playing there for a second. Uh, I want to kind of frame this piece with just sharing a little bit of the science uh, and a few of the most common sexual fantasies out there. Let's see if my listeners can guess these before I say them out loud. But the first being uh, being dominated. The second, having a threesome. Third, mixing pain with pleasure. And the fourth, making love in a romantic lo location. And actually, one study from the Journal of Sexual Medicine suggested that 85% of women fantasize about sex on a desert beach or something similar to that. I think I, I've heard that plenty before. Uh, what, are, yeah. what are your thoughts about specifically for my TikTok listener who, who asked about this? She said basically she wants to experiment with role play and some of this fantasy, but she doesn't want to feel like she's acting and her partner also isn't super into it. What are your general thoughts about all of this stuff? Go, go at it. So with role play is role play something that I struggle with too, because for me, I'm a perfectionist and I don't like to look stupid. So when it comes to acting, like I don't, to me, acting has a level of kind of almost lying to it. Cause it's not who you are. And for me, I'm very black and white. Like I'm very transparent on how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking or whatever. So for me, it's very hard to get into that mindset of like, okay, I have to be this other person. With role playing, you kind of just have to practice. It's really, it's not something you're going to be great at right out of the gate. So I think it's important to figure out what kind of role playing you want to do. So you want to participate in some type of BDSM role play, you know, kind of hash that out with your partner. If you want to do something that's like more, you know, traditional of like a 1950s housewife kind of thing, that's to me, that's kind of like an easy one, especially if it's a heterosexual relationship and, you know, then kind of build on it from there. Cause you're kind of building into character. Um, another way is just, I feel like a lot of people kind of have like an alter ego, especially when they're like drinking. So I'm not saying you have to drink in order to have a role play, but kind of take that mindset of like, oh, when I drink and I go out, I have this alter ego and kind of bring that that mindset into the bedroom because then it's not just you. It's, you know, it's like empowering you to kind of, you know, do things that are out of your element. Another way that you can, I feel like kind of bring the role play in if you're not fully into like the costumes and wanting to do things face to face is just kind of do it via texting. So figure out the roles that you want to play, whether it's Dom sub, like I said, 1950s housewife, you could do, <clears throat> excuse me, like, like cops and robbers, like whatever, whatever the role play is, you can start texting your partner. And then that way it's kind of like a foreplay almost because it's sexting basically. So you have that kind of aspect of the foreplay and you're kind of building it up, you're getting more comfortable in the role because I feel like too, when you're face-to-face -face with people, it's a little bit more intimidating. It's a little bit more scary because you're like, oh, am I going to mess up? Am I going to make a mistake? Am I going to sound stupid? What are they going to think about this? Build up your confidence via text or email or however you want to do it. Um, that is a good way to get started. But I think just 
being transparent, like not being transparent with your partner is key though, because if the other person's not really into it, you have to figure out what they're into. Like what aspects do they like? Would they like the costumes? Would they just like to, you know, to be a dominant person, but not necessarily have to act out a script because some people take it that far. They'll, you know, they'll have a whole script, but role-playing there's, there's levels of it. You don't have to have a script. You can, you know, still kind of have those those actual roles of what characters you're playing, but it's still you at the end of the day. So yeah, I love the idea. I just want to hit on a couple of points you made, which I think are really, really important for my listeners to, uh, to focus on here. One of them is I think vulnerability. It's about being okay with looking like a goofball or not feeling whatever, you know, yeah. you have an idea. Okay. I'm in this particular role play. I, I should feel this way, or I should look this way. And if those conversations you have with your partner right off the bat are playful in nature, playful, because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, sex and our sexual intimacy should be fun. Like this is what it's yeah. about. It's about having fun with each other and you can be laughing and goofballs at the same time. So I like the idea of vulnerability. I like the idea of what you're saying, which is like maybe starting off with less of the, you know, scripting and costumes and stuff, and just kind of play around a little bit with your disinhibited self, you know? So right. I think that's kind of what you're talking about with the, the drinking thing. It's sort of like your disinhibited self, your, your more right. kind of playful, vulnerable self, creative. Right. Cause I've done, I, <clears throat> with the texting part of it, I've had guys who were into kind of the Dom sub where they've, the, they didn't specifically say they wanted to role play, but the way that the texting and sexting was kind of going, they would be like, where are you right now? And if I say I was like at a clothing store trying on clothes, they'd be like, send me a picture of you doing this. And like, then like, so it was like, then I had, I mean, obviously I don't have to do it, but if I wanted to play the game and play the role play, then I would do what they would say. So it would just be a continuation of kind of that. So then when we would finally see each other, then it was like, okay, you're going to do what I say because you're taking the submissive role. So I think that's where like the sexting can kind of come in where it's like a fun thing. And, and sex is a million different things to a million different people at all different yeah. times and places. And there's no right or wrong way necessarily to be sexual, except to be in your own body, in your own sexuality and to enjoy time with someone you trust enough to be vulnerable enough with and, and have fun in the ways that you're talking about. Stephanie, I think that's actually all the time we have for today. I think that was phenomenal. If I can take us out, uh, appreciate you being here, by the way. If if you, our listeners, want to connect with Stephanie, visit her on Instagram at Dirty Blondes Pod. Uh, go subscribe to her podcast. You can listen to her more there. And as always, feel free to send your questions to me, Dr. Greg, at A Better Love Project. Until next time, love each other fiercely. <laughs>